Malachi, pastor and founder of Life's Word Ministry, along with my beautiful wife, Christine. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that what you hear will enrich, enhance, and encourage your life in a very special way. It is our endeavor to share a word with you that will help you to live hope and change. And now here's today's podcast. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Pastor Malachi. This is LWM Podcast. You know, one of the craziest statements I hear from Christians is, Jesus was poor. And I say, no wonder you're broke believing that. Last week, I posted a photo and a link to purchase my brand new book, Pathway to Christ. And I had a good friend of mine posted a comment in one of the groups that I'm in, right underneath where I had posted my information. (laughs) This is how the conversation went. Now, this is me, and uh, the names have been changed to protect the innocent. So he will be called the poster. (laughs) Me. I said, keep believing. It's in God's plan for you to prosper and live in his purpose poster and God's purpose is to recreate Christ Jesus all caps in us so that we can lead others to salvation through Jesus's shedded blood in preparation to our eventual outgoing and heavenly residency the Bible is clear do not store up riches on earth but in heaven I want to be prosperous in long suffering in patience in charity and in humility I'm blessed with a job and I can meet my financial obligations without excess as long as I live within my means now I don't have an issue with him wanting to live this type of lifestyle however My response went a little like this. If that's what you believe God's purpose for your life is, I'm happy for you. I tend to stand on what God has promised us in his word about laboring and toiling. And Solomon said it best. He said, this is what I've observed to be good. That it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them. For this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and to be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their lives because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. Ecclesiastes 5, 18 through 20. The poster said, broad is the way, Elispus. <laughs> Me, amen. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad. And its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. Matthew 7, 13. Just in case he needed to know where it was found. I'm so glad you are on the same pathway, my brother. 
That means you will buy dozens of my book and bless others that need to know the joy of salvation as we do. Because this is the main focus of my book, leading others to Christ so they too can enjoy all that he has purposed for them to do in and for the kingdom. Poster said, as usual, God's Holy Spirit is active. This was posted today by one of my followers. 2 Timothy 3.12, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil men and imposters shall advance worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. To say that things have gotten better in the spiritual sense is to admit that you have not studied history. Shortly after Paul's death, the church was persecuted worldwide. Then came the end of the Roman Empire and the evangelical church went underground as the Catholic Church, starting out well, turned to global domination. Most of Europe until the end of the Middle Ages and the reformers brought in the English Bible and a schism took place between Protestants and Catholics until the Great Awakening. Since that time, evangelical Christianity has been brought into subjection to new ageism, modernism, and postmodernism, which now rules churches. And verse 13 has come true. Now, to remind you what verse 13 says, it says in 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil men and imposters shall advance worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Me, what does any of this have to do with buying my book and sharing with those lost in sin? Poster, probably nothing to do with book sales, but everything to do with sharing with those lost in sin. And, all caps, to those of us who still living in, all caps, sin. Sorry if you think this is not the place for such posts. I can reframe in the future, me. Now you will have to buy four books, one for you and three to give away. Laughs all around. Okay, now here's my disclaimers, ladies and gentlemen. Broke folk can't help broke folk. I find that only the people that are broke say things like money ain't everything and money is the root of all evil. Or how about this one? I'm content with what I have. Well, my reasoning is this. That's because you haven't had a lot of money before or you've had it and you've lost it. You were not a good steward over what God gave you in the first place. That's why you lost it. But don't rain down poverty over those that are trying to make a good living for themselves. Because even that's not biblical. You being poor, that's a choice. That's not my choice. Let me say this in all sincerity. As Christians, the way we view wealth should be derived from scriptures. Truly. Look. There are many times in the Old Testament that God gave riches to his people. King David's son Solomon was promised riches. And in fact, 
he became the richest of all kings on the planet. We know the story of how God told Solomon to ask him for anything. And Solomon's request, I would go on record to say that it set God back on his heels just a little bit, my interpretation. Because here's what God said to Solomon in response to his request. God said to him, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right. Behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has been before and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you ask. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. That was 1 King 3, 11 through 13. So King Solomon excelled all the kings of the earth in riches and in wisdom. 2 Chronicles 9, 22. David said in 1 Chronicles 29 and 12, wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. You want to see and visualize and understand history since he this since whoever posted on his page about not understanding history, well, apparently you don't know anything about Abraham. Read Genesis 17 through 20. Or how about Jacob? Read about Jacob in Genesis 30 and 31. Okay, let's talk about Joseph. Joseph Genesis 41, read about him and King Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 17, 5. Come on, let's do the history then. Many others in the Bible were blessed by God with wealth. If you know the history here, they were a chosen people that had earthly promises and earthly rewards. They were given a land and all the riches it held. That's why it was called promised land, because God promised it to them. And everything that was in that land was promised to the children of Israel. So why can't we, those that are serving and trusting in God, while we are laboring and toiling, receive many of the same blessings our forefathers received? Hmm? Why is it that the only blessings from God we are ashamed of and we apologize for is wealth. It's like we should feel condemned for having money, or should I say, having a lot of money. But the fact of the matter is, I can do a heck of a lot more with more. Can I get an amen on that? I can help feed more people. I can help clothe more people. I can give more money to those organizations that are already in place to help the less fortunate. So stop telling me Jesus was poor. Jesus was, all caps, not poor. He came in the flesh of poor men in order for them to identify with him. If he would have came in all of his glory, they would not have been able to comprehend all of his royalty. 
It was a choice that Jesus took on, his lowly earthly image. Be mindful of where he came from and where he went back to when he was done here on earth with those that were still poor naturally. He left them with riches beyond their wildest dreams. So those of you that are still proclaiming the only reason you live the way you live is because Jesus was poor need to stop. Y'all need to stop. That's your choice. <laughs> like I said, that's not my choice. That's your choice. I totally get that we are to live a life pleasing to God. I get that. And our focus should be on heavenly things. I get that too. Stop letting people make you feel a certain way just because you're doing good, just because you're making money. It's not a sin to be wealthy as long as that's not your main focus in life. Don't put your wealth ahead of God as he gives. You better believe he can also take it away. So let's talk about the different standard in the New Testament. You will not find where the church was ever given a land or the promise of riches. What I'm going to say and read clearly will not be a positive image, but it will get better, trust me. In Ephesians 1, 3, we read, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. In Matthew 13, 22, Jesus spoke concerning the seeds of God's word falling among thorns. The deceitfulness of riches choked the word and he becomes unfruitful. This is the first reference to earthly riches in the New Testament. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples in Mark 10, 23, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. It was not impossible for all things are possible with God, but it would be hard. The rich young ruler was very sad because he had a lot of money and he was not ready to give it all up to follow Jesus. That's what Jesus was talking about. It's hard for the rich, for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God because they're not ready to give up their riches. They're not ready to give up all of the luxury to follow Jesus, to sacrifice for him. And this is when wealth and riches become problematic for many Christians. Jesus talked about mammon in Luke 16, 13. He says, no servant can serve two masters for either he will hate one and love the other or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The Aramaic word for mammon is riches. So here again, we see the imagery of wealth as a negative influence on spirituality and one that can keep us from God. When you keep the two in balance, it's a wonderful thing. You can be spiritual and rich at the same time. Dave Ramsey. He's an awesome financial educator, and he loves the Lord, teaching biblical principles in his financial seminars. And there is one thing that I learned in studying his spiritual and financial philosophy. He says, and I quote, when it comes to money, we have three lenses through which we can view what we have. Two of them are unhealthy, 
even toxic. The third represents a proper approach to what God has given us. One way we can choose to view wealth is with a spirit of pride, which says that everything I have comes from me. My hard work made all of this possible. Dave said, I've struggled with this one because I appreciate the hard work and self-reliance, but the spirit of pride has nothing to do with God's spirit. He says, we also can view wealth from a spirit of poverty. This spirit says that everything I have is evil because it comes from the devil. It feeds on guilt and shame, and it's running rapid throughout our culture, even within the church. But the spirit of poverty offers another warped view of our resources. The healthy biblical view of wealth is the spirit of gratitude. This spirit acknowledges that everything we have comes from God and he expects us to use it for his glory. He says, gratitude pushes me to change my family tree and to make a difference in the world, end quote. I couldn't agree more. The more I give to God, the more he will give back to me. People today are content being content, and that's fine if that's their calling. But I tend to believe they are cheating others of their gifts, not stepping outside the comfort of their contentment. Being content does not mean sitting on your butt doing nothing. Doing nothing breeds discontentment, regret, and financial hardship. God did not create you to sit around feeling content with just the necessities. He created you for greatness, and out of that greatness breeds success. Success that produces the resources to help other people. You can't do that effectively being broke. Can you feel me on this? One of the greatest verse for New Testament believers in regard to riches is Philippians 4.19. Paul says, and my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Paul wrote this because the Philippians had sent sacrificial gifts to take care of his needs. But wait, Paul was not sitting around on his hands waiting for people to cater to his every needs because he was some high-priced apostle. He was in jail at this time. And even though Paul said to be content in what you have, didn't mean not to strive for better. Paul had one speed in life, full steam ahead for Christ. And he was constantly moving forward, even when it landed him in prison. More than once, it landed him in prison. He said, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing wrong with having. Don't feel bad because you work hard and they pay you a good salary. Don't feel bad. Because you're a Christian and you've started entrepreneurships that has brought in millions of dollars into your household. Turn that into something that God can use. Turn that into something that can be beneficial in the kingdom of God. Let's recap here before I really get on my soapbox derby. There is nothing wrong with having wealth and riches as long as it's not your main focus in life. 
but use those riches in the kingdom of God. There is a warning for those with wealth and riches that misuse their money. First Timothy 6.17 says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. There is only one outcome for those that do not use their wealth and riches wisely. And it's found James 5, 1 through 3, where he says, Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotten, and moths have eaten up your clothes. Your gold and your silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Revelations 18, 17 is the last time that riches are mentioned in the Bible. Speaking of the great destruction of Babylon, says, in one hour, such great wealth has been brought to ruin. If you use your wealth in a manner that brings glory and honor to the Lord, don't feel bad. You should be blessed. It's like the parable of the, the talents in the Bible. We know about the talents and what God demonstrate or what the word demonstrated about the talents and how they invest it and one didn't invest and he buried it we all know that story that's talking about investing now we can use that financially or we can use that investing our time for god but that right there that was a financial illustration god gave many illustrations and types and truths through israel because they were his chosen people on earth. They were given earthly promises and rewards. When the Israelites reached the promised land, Moses challenged them to make wise decisions in their new home. In Deuteronomy 30 and 19, he told the people that choosing well would lead to blessings. Poor decisions would lead to curses. Many people today, they want blessings, but they don't want the curses. And making poor decisions come curses. Let me help you with something. God does not condemn anyone for having riches. Riches come to people from many sources, but he gives graves warnings to those who seek after them more than they seek after God and trust in them more than they trust God. His greatest desire is for us to set our hearts on things above and not things on this earth. This may sound very high and unattainable, but Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. The secret is knowing Christ as Savior and allowing the Holy Spirit to conform our minds and hearts to his. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do things according to the will of God then you won't have a problem about having riches and wealth in your household. Speak those things into your house. I will be wealthy. I will be rich according to God's plan. 
Are you at that point to where you're feeling sorry for having money? Or are you one of those that don't have any money, but you're constantly judging those that do have money? You're sinning yourself. Let me give you an opportunity to change your thinking. Let me give you an opportunity to change your frame of mind. Let me give you an opportunity to see things in the Bible as they ought to be seen and not according to your brokenness. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. You can repeat this prayer. If you're not a Christian, if you want to have the abundance that God wants you to have, you can have that by receiving Christ into your heart. Yes, I understand that the true wealth is in repentance. I understand that. I get that. A lot of people don't understand the true wealth of God is in repentance. But I want to pray with you right now that whatever situation you're in, God can meet you in that situation. He can meet you right where you are. If you're content with being content, I want to pray with you. I want to pray that God opens your understanding, opens your mindset to do more than just being content in life with what you have. Do more for God. It's amazing that when you do more for God, he's going to do more for you. That's a given. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you admitting that I am a sinner in need of rescuing. Right now, I choose to turn away from my sin. And I ask you to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I desire to be set free right now. And I ask you to forgive me for misrepresenting your word and not trusting in what it says about wealth. I believe that your son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross to take away my sins. I also believe that he rose again from the dead so that I might be forgiven of my sins and made righteous through faith in him. I call upon the name of Jesus Christ and confess him to be my Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus, I choose to follow you, and I ask you to fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I declare that right now I am a child of God. I believe that you have forgiven me. From now on, I will learn more about your purpose for my life when it comes to my finances. I believe that I am set free from sin and full of the righteousness of God. I declare that I am saved in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, I welcome you to the family of God. From this moment on, start living and learning how to live a life of faith by finding a good Holy Spirit-filled Bible-taught church so that you can grow in your faith as you walk the pathway of Christ. Write to me and share your story of faith. And let me know that you said yes to Jesus today. You can email me at lifeswordministry at gmail.com. And I would also like to take this time to say thank you to those that partner with us by sowing a financial seed into this ministry regularly. Your generous giving allows us to share the gospel throughout the world. 
And if you're not a partner and would like to sow into this ministry, you can do so by going to paypal.me forward slash LifeWord Ministry. And be sure to subscribe and follow us right here on LWM Podcast each week, Monday nights at 730 Pacific Standard Time. And remember, you can find my brand new book, The Pathway to Christ, on Amazon.com. Go there, pick a copy up, and pick another copy up for a friend or a family member. Bless someone else. And remember, God loves you, and I do too. This concludes our podcast for today. Through one podcast at a time, we are helping you to rise up and overcome many of the world's perplexing problems. Remember to love God, love yourself, and love others. Thank you for subscribing and sharing our podcast with others. Until next time, I'm Pastor Malachi.